Welcome to Better Than Nothing. What you are about to hear is just me being able to speak with some amazing people that come from many walks of life. This episode of Better Than Nothing is brought to you by Concept by Iowa Hearing. Your hearing is our priority. Visit iowahearing.com or call 877-955-4020 for a free hearing screening. That's 877-955-4020. This is Ken Root. Today we want to talk about a type of communication that you are quite familiar and comfortable with. It's AM radio. AM radio has been around for literally a century in rural America and was the first live communication that people of our pioneer heritage had. Many people said AM radio was going to be gone in the 1950s, and then again in the 1970s, and then again in the 1990s, but it's still here. But the communications that we have have changed tremendously in this period of time, yet AM radio remains. Now there's an interesting threat, or at least change, within the automotive industry that could be the next uh, death knell for AM radio. But there are people who believe it has a place and believe it has a extended purpose that we should hear. So during the next half hour, I'm going to talk with Gene Millard. Gene is a longtime farm broadcaster and radio station manager of KFEQ in St. Joe, Missouri. He also, for a period of time, served on the board of the National Association of Broadcasters and got right into the midst of a lot of FCC issues. But he's a, uh, an advocate of AM radio, um, a strong listener to his local stations, and a farmer as well. Also with me is uh, Brian Winnikins, who is the owner of WRDN in Durand, Wisconsin. He's the past president of the National Association of Farm Broadcasters. When you hear him, you'll know he is a broadcaster, but he's a manager owner as well. And he's been active in past years with the FCC, literally wading in and saying to them, what about us, the little radio stations across America who serve these communities? So, Brian, I'll start with you. How are you today? Doing well. Thank you. How about yourself, Ken? Oh, the same with me. You're in Wisconsin. I'm in Florida. So we do have other means of communication by which we reach each other. And this podcast also will be uh, running on a uh, 50,000 watt radio station in eastern Iowa. And that will hopefully uh, give a few more people a chance who are active listeners of radio to uh, understand what the situation is. Brian Winnikins. Tell me uh, what your concern is about what happened recently when the uh, automotive industry said our new electric vehicles have enough interference that we can't put an AM radio in them, so they're not going to have AM radio. 
Was that as simple as it sounds? Uh, it's not as simple as it sounds, Ken. And and a lot of this came really initially to the forefront of, of, of a few years ago. BMW did this, and everybody was like, "Nah, it's just BMW, and it's in Europe." Tesla did this, and again, it's like, "Nah, it's Tesla," and there wasn't a lot of concern. Ford, however, announced that they were going to take the you know, AM receivers out of their uh, 2023 Ford uh, F-150s, the electric Ford F-150s. The, the concern is, this is, it's a canary in the coal mine. AM is canary in the coal mine. If they do this to AM and there's no consumer pushback, FM will be next and it won't just be Ford and it won't just be an electric vehicle. It'll be all of their vehicles, not just at Ford, but all of them. They will all follow suit. And the interference part of it, they had, one, they have put in AM radios receivers in their electric vehicles from 2022 on back. So that's that argument is, it's like, wait a minute, you've been able to do it before. Why can't you do it now? The other part of this, at least from a, a, a regulatory standpoint, if there was something regulatory that, that could be done immediately is the FCC says you can't have a product that generates interference for other people. So in other words, okay, their electric vehicle, their electric EV for the, the F-150, okay, we can't put a receiver in because the motor, we, the electric motor we put into this pickup truck, it jams the AM radio. Okay, well, it's jamming that AM radio in that vehicle, but then it's probably jamming the AM radio in vehicles next to it and around it. Mm-hmm. That's illegal. Then they have to fix it or not use it. It's no different than with power lines. A lot of people don't under, realize this, but the electric companies are not allowed per FCC rules to have electrical interference. And if it's reported, the FCC can say, look, fix it or turn the grid off. So then they fix it. Haven't some vehicles have really poor AM radios for years? Uh, yes. And, and the only reason for that is really is cost cutting move mm-hmm. that the, the, the technology can is there it has been for over 30 years to have decent quality am receivers that a have what is called noise blanking technology so for some of this interference it doesn't even you, you never hear it has variable bandwidth so that it can expand out how the the, the frequencies you hear and then there's also am stereo and that's been around since the 80s. It's actually open source. The car companies would not have to pay Motorola for a license fee to, you know, for each receiver. They can just do it. I mean, it's open source. It's, it's public domain. We broadcast an AM stereo. Farmers have come to me within a week of us converting to AM stereo. I had farmers calling me or coming to the station going, how did you put the FM on the AM in my work truck? They can't listen to our, our small FM signal. They listen to the AM. And it's like, well, they have a 90s F-150, and it's an AM stereo receiver, and it sounds just as good, if not better, than FM. Didn't that diminish your reach, though? You can't no. go so far with FM? No, that is, that, is, that is actually a misnomer. That is an actual misnomer. That, that, that's an urban myth. Tell me what it's it means to you and to your listenership if AM 
was not available in their vehicle. Isn't the vehicle more where people listen to radio than in the home? Yeah, uh, yes and no, depending on how you're using it. I, I would I would submit, you know, there's a lot of folks that listen to our streaming audio, which is actually an AM stereo receiver. When you listen to our stream on our website, you're listening to an, a, an AM radio is what you're listening to, but it's an AM stereo receiver. But a lot of folks will listen even through their smart TVs or their Alexa and all that. Okay, in the vehicle, here's here's where that's going to be a problem. One, there's there are a lot of people who have terrible internet in Western Wisconsin, especially mobile. So if they can't listen to us through streaming audio, farmers aren't listening potentially in their work trucks if, if it's a newer vehicle. Um, the, their quality of life is going to go down. And, and it's not just for me. I would submit to anybody in Iowa, Kansas, you know, like Gene I know is in, is in Missouri. Areas where there's wide open spaces. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll use Gene as an example. How's this quality of life going to be if he can't listen to the Kansas City Chiefs on on the radio or the Kansas City Royals anymore or church services? We do Sunday morning church services. When I was in radio to start with, everything was AM. And remember in the uh, early days uh, of uh, AM radio, uh, it was thought of as the source for emergency information and with the uh, advent of the a-bomb and uh, back in the 50s you know you had to have an emergency broadcast system and you had to have a signal that would penetrate enough geography to be meaningful to communicate of a, of a nuclear attack or a disaster area mm-hmm. and uh, i know that uh, the station that were i was affiliated for over 50 years uh, we were one of those designated EBS, primary EBS stations, emergency broadcast service stations. And other stations would actually, uh, if we went into full effect, would go off the air so that your signal can uh, penetrate a larger geography and be the uh, the signal that people could go to and always know they're getting the straight information. And, you know, we had a fallout shelter built under the transmitter building, uh, fully equipped for broadcasting in, in case we went underground with a uh, generator to generate electrical power to power the transmitter. And, and it was it was really an integral part of the, of the uh, warning system across the uh, United States. Let's take a moment to talk with Taylor Parker, who's the president of Concept by Iowa Hearing. Taylor, I've had your hearing aids for the last 17 years. And certainly, they made a positive difference in my life. I'd like to ask you something about the modern day, though, and the research that you have found. Is there a link between an uncorrected hearing loss and dementia? Uh, Yes, there is. The research came out about 10 years ago from Johns Hopkins University, uh, Dr. Frank Lynn. He found that you were anywhere from two to five times more likely to develop dementia with an untreated hearing loss. And, you know, everyone says, well, how can that be? And when you think about how hearing works, sound comes into the ear, it hits the eardrum, eardrum vibrates, sends the signal over three little bones. The bones then send the signal to the cochlea that has 15,000 tiny little hairs inside of there. Those little hairs, as they get damaged, will either break off, get brittle, not move as well. The correct signal doesn't get to the brain and think about it 
you know, like, um, you know, radio, TV, any kind of signal, that signal gets jumbled. You can't piece together what's being said. So you struggle to watch the show. That is your brain with an untreated hearing loss. What happens is your brain pulls from two areas to compensate for that untreated hearing loss. It pulls from cognitive and it pulls from balance and gait. So cognitive being how we understand, how we converse, that gets actually damaged because it's getting pulled from to focus on an untreated hearing loss. That's where the link to dementia actually comes in. So it's because we're pulling re valuable resources to focus on an untreated hearing loss, it speeds up that, that aging of the brain. So you're anywhere from, even with a mild hearing loss, you're twice as likely to develop dementia. Taylor, thank you very much. You can schedule your free hearing screening at Concept by Iowa Hearing, 877-955-4020, or online at iowahearing.com. Farmers and ranchers have listened to these radio stations for their entire lives. You go back to some stations that started in the early 20s of the last century, meaning that they are now 100 years old. What about that heritage? Does it matter? I think it does. For, uh, you know, the day we recorded this on, on the 26th of January, it's Bob Euchre's 89th birthday. For those of you who don't know who Bob Euchre is, I would be shocked if you don't know who he is, but he's the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. He's been the voice of the Brewers since the 70s. I have childhood memories of listening to him on WTMJ with a little Panasonic transistor radio listening to Brewer games. That heritage means something. At least I think it does. Let me ask you about the time that you were on the National Association of Broadcasters board and you interacted with the FCC. Yes. Uh, how do you see the FCC then and now on whether it's going to be a factor in, uh, in any decision-making uh, to uh, perhaps block these car companies from uh, taking that AM radio out? I'm not sure how much power the FCC ultimately will have uh, in that regard because uh, it is still a free enterprise system. And I know at one time we had only AM radios, and if you had an AM-FM radio installed in your vehicle, why, well, that was considered a plus. So the more frequencies or types of signals you can acquire, the better it was. And so now to assume that everything is uh, going to be acceptable to be streamed may not be that applicable in all geographies of the country, and and you're not going to have any kind of loyal following to it. I, I just don't see that as happening. There's too much dilution going on. Is it this tower and the signal? You could produce everything you're producing now, and just feed it into the internet. Internet is narrow casting. AM radio and even FM radio is broadcasting. So if I have one person listening to my AM radio station, I'm using 10 kilohertz of bandwidth. If I have 10,000 people listening to my AM radio station over the air, I'm using 10 kilohertz of bandwidth. Now use that with streaming audio. The amount of bandwidth for one person compared to 10,000 people listening all online is it, the, the amount of bandwidth used goes up exponentially. 
And no matter what the cell phone companies or the cable companies or the internet companies say, they can make it 2000G. Can I, I, I equate the internet to a freeway? They can make the internet 10 lanes in each direction, just like the I-5 in, in LA. Mm-hmm. And more and more stuff will get put on there. More and more bandwidth using stuff will be put on the internet, i.e. more and more traffic it's going to end up not being reliable. Well, let's go back to this canary in the coal mine you talked about. The car companies stopped putting AM radios in these electric vehicles. Is there a purpose that you can see that's other than saying interference? Where do you think they're going with this? They want, they want people to subscribe to satellite radio because they get a kickback. They, they, they have a, they have a, a vested interest in, in, in satellite radio. They, they receive for every subscription, they paid subscription that they get, mm-hmm. they, they get a kickback of that. Mm-hmm. They get nothing obviously from, if you're listening to my radio station over there, mm-hmm. infotainment center, they want to be able to charge you. And again, I'll, I'll use that even with streaming audio again, with this micro charging that they're already talking about it, this in January at the Consumer Electronics Show, they will be able to say, well, Ken, yep, you don't want to use our satellite radio. That's fine. You want to listen to your favorite AM or FM radio station or whatever. You want to listen to Ken's podcast over your phone and hook it up to the Bluetooth of our infotainment center. You're going to have to pay us so that we activate the Bluetooth so it works. they, They need to find a way to make money off of you as time goes on. Do you feel that small radio stations will be more impacted by the loss of uh, car radios that can receive it than big radio stations will? Yes, because we don't have, again, the problem with streaming audio is, is the more people listen, one, you're using more bandwidth, but the more people listen, if we're playing music, the rights fees for the music also go up per listener, per song. It goes up exponentially. It's it's a business model that doesn't work. And so, yes, we, we don't have the wherewithal. I don't have the big deep pockets like the corporate radio stations. And remember, the corporate radio stations, the big massive companies, they're going to try to make a deal with the car companies to say, put our app in in your infotainment center and that can be free and we'll pay you. Yeah. Now, there's an expansion of Internet to rural America. But I'm trying to see if it would benefit you if you had to stream your radio station to your local listeners rather than use through the air broadcasting. To make it work, there's not enough towers they could put up. That's the other part of this. You know, for cell phones, it's not like you have one tower every 20 miles. You have one tower every mile. (laughs) It's not going to be reliable. It isn't now. And then what happens when the cell phone companies start to notice all this bandwidth being used from 300 million Americans to listen to what used to be free over-the-air radio for streaming audio and all the other stuff, data caps will come back. And so now the cell phone companies, they're going to want a piece of that action. How does yeah. this work? How, many, how much more are people going to have to pay? There's another quality of life issue. Now you got to decide <laughs> which one do I keep? 
Brian, let me give you an opportunity for a call to action. And we're also on KXEL radio uh, with this AM 1540. So you've always wanted to be on a 50,000 watt radio station, haven't you? Yes. I, I was with Max when uh, we had Max Armstrong out to visit us uh, <laughs> during a, and he was doing fair broadcasts from uh, the Wabasha County Fair. And Orion had called him when Max had just gotten to Wabasha saying, I can't do the morning show on Saturday. And, you know, he wasn't feeling well. And so Max and I did the morning show in Chicago, um, which was really cool. I got to say the bottom of the hour legal ID and what and what they used was the original social media. That was their line. The original social media. Well, really you cool. are already um, hooked on radio. You love radio. I can tell that. And you're dropping names of Max and Orion. But Orion came out of your state, Orion Samuelson, yes. who's the god of farm broadcasting. You know, I walked over to Orion one time. I've known him since 1974, and I was around a group of people. And I said, Orion, does anyone ever come up to you and say, do you know Ken Root? And he said, <laughs> no, no, I don't believe anybody has. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> Ken. No one's ever asked me if I knew you. They always ask if I knew Orion. Though. <laughs> That's exactly right. Hey, what... Uh, should people do seriously if they are concerned about uh, the loss of uh, an AM radio in their car? I would, I, I would say not just AM radio. I think, I think we need to, to really stress free over the air radio in vehicles because that's what, because FM will, will follow suit here. They, they will take out FM. But what we have done is the, there's only one way this, goes away and that's everybody listening to this you need to go to the vehicle manufacturer of your choice regardless of who it is ford chrysler general motors toyota all you know whatever one it is you go to their corporate website you go to their customer service page customer support page whatever it is and you send them a a, a, a message saying this is unacceptable we don't like this we don't want free over the air radio taken out of the vehicles we don't want to have to pay a fee so that you activate our over the air am and fm radio receivers and in, in new vehicles and if you can make a, a a vehicle drive itself you can also put in a decent quality am and fm receiver in the vehicle it'll cost them maybe a hundred if, even if it's a hundred bucks a unit Let's just say to, to actually do it the right way. When you're looking at a fifty to seventy thousand dollar vehicle, you're, you're gonna you're gonna cut a hundred bucks out and potentially lose a sale over a hundred bucks. Doesn't sound like it'd be too smart to me. That's what people need to do. Consumers need to reach out to the car companies directly. Going to the dealer isn't gonna be the same. It's gonna take too long. You need to reach out right now. Because a lot of these product managers, that's what they base their decisions on. They're going to base decisions on what they're going to be putting in in 24, 25, 26, you know, on what consumers want. And they think consumers don't care that there's free over-the-air AM, FM radio receivers in their infotainment centers. Yeah, if they don't get any response, they'll just uh, exactly. And, and the other problem here, Ken, is, is what everybody has to realize is, is don't use the, well, that's okay. If they don't want to put in a receiver in my vehicle, I'll just go get an aftermarket receiver. You can't take out that infotainment center and replace it with something you get at 
your electronics store because that infotainment center is running your heat, your air, other, other stuff. So you can't just take that out and replace it with something. You're stuck with what they put in there. Right. Whatever they put in, that's what you're getting. One question for you to close. Would it matter to you whether there was an AM radio in a vehicle if you went into the dealer to buy it? Yes, absolutely. I do a lot of traveling, uh, not as much as I used to maybe, but I enjoy a drive that goes a couple hundred miles. And I will. I know certain uh, stations where they are, and uh, what their coverage is. And as I drive out across, uh, you know, the state of Nebraska, I want to listen to KRVN at 880 out of Lexington. I want to listen to WNAX, you know, out of Yankton, South Dakota. I want to listen to those stations that are that I can carry for a couple hundred miles, and uh, be tuned in to what's going on in in the world. Uh, so I would hate to even think about not having access to AM radio. Gene Miller, always great to talk to you. Thank you for your input on this subject. Well, it's a changing world, Ken, and, and we're just going to have to move along with it. Brian Winnikins, Durand, Wisconsin, WRDN. You've got fire in your belly. It's always great to talk to you. Good luck. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Better Than Nothing. I hope you stayed awake for most of it and liked what you heard. If you'd like to tell me your thoughts or relate your memories, send it to kenroot at gmail.com. We'll try to put out one of these every week, and you can sign up with your podcast service to be reminded when the next one's available. See you next week for another episode of Better Than Nothing.